The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. The newest Real Talk radio show, Bread of Life, with your hosts, Kana and Justin. Bread of Life, the power's in the bread. They are sensational siblings bringing you new and fresh revelations, encouragement, inspiration, and motivation. Real talk about real life. You get no fluff here. The truth makes you free, and then you are free indeed. Bread of Life. Here's your hosts, Kana and Justin. Good evening, and welcome to the Bread of Life show with your hosts, the sensational siblings, Kana and Justin. And we are so excited that you tune in for this week's show. Sounds good to me. Now, last week we had our first guest, Nikki Gaddy, and just we were super excited about Nikki, weren't we? Oh, absolutely. Yes, we were. I mean, she shared with us her amazing supernatural encounter with Jesus Christ. But the, 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 the cool thing was that she described this out-of-body experience. And she shared with us that she saw a river that looks like a pool of diamonds. Nikki described seeing a man that was so brilliant and magnificent that she was unable to look upon his face. And just think about that, Jess. I mean, just think about what she described. It's absolutely breathtaking. That's awesome. And that right there caught my attention. It made the Bible come to life. You know, all the things you read, all the things you hear, I mean... It made it come to life to see somebody sit right there and give their testimony. And you know they're telling the truth. I mean, that was wonderful. That was. So let's think about it for just a moment. A young child who was rejected by her mother and dropped off at the Department of Human Services. She was placed in one foster home after the other. Nikki grew up confused and never feeling loved or appreciated. Now, how many of us never feel loved and appreciated? So she experienced this her whole entire life. And over time, she became angry and bitter and violent. And she was repeatedly reminded that she would never amount to anything. Mm. Mm. And when her life appeared hopeless and all she wanted to do was to sleep, she cried out to this man we call Jesus. And in great frustration and despair, Nikki cried, if you are who the people in chapter say that you are, why can I just uh, just sleep like everyone else? And here's the miracle. And in her cries of desperation for rest, she recalled having an out-of-body experience. And in her testimony, Nikki vividly remembered and described a river that looked like diamonds and a man whose face shined like the sun. Mm. I mean, wow. So here's a woman in a jail cell, a little square box in the Mm -hmm. dark. She can't sleep. She has all these visions. She has all this craziness going on. And she cries out to the man that she heard about in chapel. And when I heard this, Justin, he says, and when I heard this, my heart skipped a beat because I realized that she was telling the truth. Because yes. it, it quickly reminded me of the passage in Scripture, in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. I knew what she experienced was not a dream. Or a figment mm-hmm. of her imagination. I'm going to say that one more time for all those listening out there. 
what she experienced was not a dream and it was not a figment of her imagination. And here's why. It says in Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, it says, In the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass as they burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth with a sharp two-edged sword in his countenance. His face was as the sun shines in his strength. And her testimony increased my faith. Because I know, I mean, I know in my mind, I know that every word in the Bible proceeds out of the mouth of God is true, holy, living, and eternal. But to see it come to life, I mean, to see someone who experienced what was written, oh my goodness, to see it come to life before my very eyes humbled me and made me want to worship the Lamb of God right then and there. But that's not all, guys. Previously, Nikki mentioned a river that looked like diamonds. Now, I wasn't quite sure that was in the Bible, so I I took this time to look it up. And to my surprise, this is what I found. And Revelation chapter four, verse six, and it says, and before the throne, before the throne of God in heaven, guys, before the throne, there was a sea of sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne, round about the throne, there were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So before the throne of God, there's a sea of glass that looks like crystals. And also we see in Revelation Chapter 22, verse 1, it says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. So this this river that she saw, you guys, this river is before the throne of God in heaven. Oh, my goodness. That's absolutely amazing. I know. Excuse me. I hope everyone can see this picture. Be able, be able to see this picture, to see this, and to notice that Nikki described the very same river that the Apostle John was shown in his vision. She described it. When he was given the revelation on the island of Patmos 2,000 years ago, Nikki described a scene out of the book of Revelation in a jail cell. Remember wow. what the Lord Jesus Christ says. I know. Just remember what he says. He tells us to fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead and behold or and look, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. The glorified resurrected Christ is not a fable or just a man, my friends. I want again. this to be clear. Okay, let me say this again. The glorified resurrected Christ is not a fable or just a man. He is eternal. He is the everlasting king that answers the cries of a broken, angered, desperate, lonely woman in a prison cell. He's a king that that answers and delivered her from the shackles of the devil. So her supernatural encounter, yes, that's good news, isn't it? That's some good news, man, I tell you. that everyone needs to hear. And here's the good good thing about it. She's just a common person. 
She's just a common person. Sometimes we can read the Bible and think there are special people. These, these people were re- unique people. The Bible says God give grace to the humble. Common, everyday people having a, an experience with Jesus. And she had a supernatural encounter that is described in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 23 through 29. This is what it says. I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy namesake, which you have profaned among the nation wherever you went. I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst, and the nations... The nations shall know that I am the Lord, Mm. says the Lord God, when I am set apart for my purpose in you before their eyes. For I will take from among the nations and gather you out of all the countries and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your filthiness and from all of your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take that heart of stone out of your flesh and give you and give you a heart of flesh. Mm. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgment and do them. Then you shall be delivered in the land which I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people and I will be your God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. Oh, man. That's what it says. That's the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, 23, verse 23 through 29. All of this happened, too, in one night. For the very first time, Nikki received a good night's rest. This supernatural cleansing process is ongoing. And unfortunately, and it is sad to say that many people are naive. They believe that once they become a Christian, that they have nothing else to worry about. All of these urges and temptations just automatically stop and life is going to be just a cakewalk. The problem is that you will not find that nowhere in the Bible. But this is why you see this commandment, study. It says study to show yourself approved unto God. But it did not say to show yourself approved unto man, but it says study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. This is why this commandment is there. And Nikki saw him, a common, wow. mm. everyday, average person he answered the king answered and she remember with details but think about this justin most of her life everybody told her she was going to be a nobody that she would amount to nothing no and jesus says no in my eyes i love you that's right that's inspiration and encouragement for for everyone and doesn't matter what situation you're going through or where you're located you could be in jail, and he's in the resurrected. Let me say it again: the resurrected, glorified Christ is saying, "I love you." And where you located, I can redeem you. I can bring you out. I hear your cries, and this is what she experienced, and this is what we're seeing in the Bible come to life, because God is a living God. He's not a dead God. 
He's mm. not an idol God who can, cannot do anything. He's a living God, the God of all flesh, and he will make himself known. We have to call from the depths of our hearts, call it to him, and he will answer, truly call to him. But here, here's another problem we come into, that there are many different teachings and schools of thoughts. Now, many of them sound good, and they appear harmless. If any doctrine does not line up with the word of God, it is not harmless, my friends. It is quite dangerous. I know. And when we said, look at this, it says it does not line up with the word of God. The word of God is the standard. It's the truth by what we go by. Yes. Earlier said that you had to study. Now, if you don't study, how are you going to know if it's right or wrong? That's it. That's right. (laughs) And the word of God is God's breath. It's not just man's idea. It's God's breath on mm. it. It's living. We, can't, we really can't even we can't, imagine what that do. is, though. We cannot. We cannot. <laughs> but that's why we're supposed to believe by faith and right. not by sight. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we have now, to believe Nikki's testimony by faith, Well, not by sight. Now, you're saying something right there. You, you're right about that. And, and, and her testimony lines up with the book written 2,000 plus years ago. Mm. And we believe. It, it's like, what more do you want? You just have to be willing to receive what you heard, right? That's right. Now, we see this in the book of uh, the Church of Pergamos. Now, it's important to understand that Satan is God's arch enemy. Now, Satan's everywhere. I mean, <laughs> in all these shows that we do, we do this is our 12th show. We, we're showing, we're pulling back the curtains and showing where Satan is hiding and concealing himself everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, Satan's going to do whatever he can to, perf- to pervert the gospel, to get people to sin against God, to keep people away from submitting their free will to Jesus Christ. Satan wants to keep you in bondage and a slave to a life of disobedience. That's his whole goal. Mm, say, that, say that again. <laughs> it says say Satan, that again. Uh-huh. <laughs> Satan wants to keep you in bondage. Mm-hmm. He wants to take you back to Egypt. Mm-hmm. He wants to take you back to sin. So you Mm. can be a slave to a life of disobedience. He wants you to be against God like he is. That's what he wants from you. Satan loves disobedience. He wants us to be that way too. Mm. Yes. Yes, he does. The master of the universe, Jesus Christ, loves us too much to keep us in the dark dark about the schemes and the deceptions and the lies and the tactics of the devil. This is why he says in Revelation 1, 3, he says, Blessed is he that reads and he that hears the words of this prophecy and keep those things and apply these things to your life, which are written therein because the time is at hand. The time is close. Now we see this is why we see in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says to be sober, to be clear minded. We have to be paying attention. We have to be clear minded and vigilant. Because our adversary, see, the, the devil's not our friend at all, okay? He is God's arch enemy. He's trying to drag you down to hell. He knows his destiny. He wants you to go with him. That's his goal, too. He said, because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion, he walks about seeking whom he can devour. He wants to consume every part of you. He doesn't want to leave anything whole. He's not going to have any mercy on you. That's why on the Bread of Life show that we take time to talk about these things and break these things down and have a conversation with you. We want you to be sober minded. Yes. (laughs) We want you to be clear minded. 
We want you to be vigilant. We want you to be on the lookout. We want you to be watching. We want you to know because knowledge Mm. is power. Truth Mm. is power because then you can prepare and gird up your loins to to, uh, stand against the wiles of the devil. But Mm. unfortunately, there are so many believers who are not paying attention and are distracted by many other things. And, they, and here's another problem. They're not skilled with the word of God and believe many things that are both unbiblical and heretical. And heretical is a false teaching or false doctrine. And so things that are against the word of God, they're just believing anything. Mm. That's a major problem right there because we're not skilled. You know, we're not reading, we're not studying, we're not seeking. And, and then that means that you can't believe anything because the enemy you can't see. You're, you're unable to see him. So you so you have to be able to, that's why I said be sober-minded, be alert, and pay attention, and faith comes by hearing. Knowledge comes by reading. And we see the book of Revelation here, chapter 2, verse 13 through 17. It says, And to the angel of the church of Pergamos, write these things, he says, which has the sharp sword with two edges. Now, two-edged sword is his justice. Let's make sure to say this. Jesus Christ is coming back. Jesus Christ is not coming back as the Savior as he came the first time. Jesus Christ is coming back as the judge. Mm. So don't say, don't judge me. We shouldn't say that, (laughs) should we? Because he's coming back. He is the judge, and he's coming back as the judge and the king. And his justice is his word. It says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. And that's in Luke 21, 33. His words will never pass away. Look what he said in his word. Justice and judgment are the inhabitation of your throne. His throne inhabits justice and judgment. And his words cannot pass away. So when he comes back, what is he bringing when he comes back? From heaven, he's bringing the justice and the, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. The perfect justice, the holy <laughs> uh, judgment to this sinful world. That's what he's bringing. But he says that he prefers, look at this, mercy and truth go before your face. And that's in the book of Psalms 89, 14. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Mm. Proverbs 21, 3. And this right here, thus says the Lord, you keep judgment, you keep it and do justice for my salvation is close to come. Let me say that again. The Lord says you keep just judgment and justice for my salvation is close to come and my righteousness to be revealed. He is coming. And this is Isaiah chapter 56, verse one. He is coming. His salvation is near. It is close, he's telling us. His his righteousness will be revealed, he is telling us. And this is the reason why Jesus, when he sent his people out, he told them to teach the people to repent for the and forgiveness of sin. It says, truly, these times of ignorance, when the times of ignorance, when we not know, we, we don't know what's going on, we're not doing right, we're not according to God's law, it says God overlooked it. But now, That's a key word. But now commands all men everywhere to repent. 
And he gives the reason why. Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. It's Jesus Christ. He has given assurance to this to all, to everyone. Here's the assurance. By the raising from him from the dead. So we mm. can know it's him. So you know who it is. As he rose from the dead, if we believe in him and trust in him and follow him, he raises up also. We will live again. We will live. That's the assurance by him, by that example. And that's in the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 30 and 31. You see, we're full of good news and encouragement in this message today. Absolutely. King Jesus is coming, and we can't say that enough. King Jesus is coming with a sharp sword of justice. He's coming with holy justice from the throne of heaven. He's coming to reveal his righteousness, his perfect Mm -hmm. standing. So do you still think your lifestyle doesn't matter? Your spirit may have been saved, but has your soul been delivered? I want you to meditate on that thought. And we'll be right back after a quick commercial break. Did you spend any time feeding your soul today? You know what happens to the physical body when it's not fed. So what happens, Justin? You will probably feel tired, run down, somewhat irritable, frustrated, unable to complete the day. Others may fall ill or even very weak. Oh, man. And that's exactly what happens to the spiritual body when it is not fed God's word. So tune into the Bread of Life show that feeds your mind, body, and soul, where we give the word, talk about the word, Eat the word, bread of life. And they are inside your head. You got a voice that sounds. You won't get past this one. You won't win your freedom. It's like a constant war. And you want to settle that score.
person deserves to be loved, wanted, and accepted by others. The truth is, you cannot depend or rely on people to love you the way you need to be loved or make you feel wanted and accepted the way you deserve to be loved. The broken relationship with your dad can be the barrier that hinders your relationship with God. Confessions of the Heart is an intimate account of a life searching for love. You can get your copy of Confessions of the Heart at Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and other fine bookstores. Welcome back to the second half of the Bread of Life show. Now, we have heard that the glorified, resurrected Christ brings the sword of his mouth to his bride. This diagnosis applies to every professing believer in Jesus Christ. Now, notice there are, that believers are in different stages in their walk with the Lord. But there is a standard and a way in which we are expected to live by. Now, we are not to love the ways of the world or, or the things in the world. We are to be aware of false doctrines and false teachings. The problem is that we accept anything that sounds good to our ears. And we see that way too much of that. If it sounds good, it pleases us that we don't have to do anything. We're Hey, we're going to jump on the bandwagon as soon as we can. Now, it is absolutely necessary for us to hear what the king has to say about it. Let me say it again. It is absolutely imperative that we hear what the king of king has to say about the matter. I mean, why do we call Jesus Lord and we don't do what he tells us to do? I mean, we're just saying Lord to be saying Lord then, right? You're now, right. Jesus, Jesus is perfect love, but he is also holy, a righteous king and judge from everlasting to everlasting. That's the thing that we miss out on about Jesus. Jesus is a king. He is righteous and he is holy. He is perfect love, but he's not going to tolerate sin just for the sake of sinning. That's true. That is absolutely true. So let's go. Let's go back to the book of Revelation, chapter two, and see what the the holy and righteous King and Judge that who is from everlasting to everlasting says. He says in in chapter two, verse thirteen. He says, "I know your works and where you dwell, even where Satan's seat is." So he said, "I know what you're doing. I know your works, and I know where you live at. I know your location, even." How close Satan is, where he sits at, where he, he, he rules at. And this is what he says to them. And you hold fast my name. And you have not denied my faith. Even in those days where Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. Although all this is going on, they held fast to his name and have not de- denied his faith. But the holy mm. and righteous king says, but mm. I have a few things against you because you have there them. So there's people in the church that hold to a doctrine of Balaam, a false doctrine. You have not denied me. You hold fast to my name. But you have people who are there in the church who have a doctrine of Balaam that you hold to. Balaam is who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. So you have people there in the church who are being stumbling blocks for the believers. And to eat things that sacrifice them to idols, 
to accept things that are for, from false gods and to commit fornication. These are the three things he said, I have against you. So you also have them that hold to another doctrine. Man. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans, I know. Which things that the, the holy, righteous king says, I hate. So you see that they, they never deny the name of Jesus Christ. They never deny the faith. But they have allowed doctrines, other teachings from other people to come in that is against God, to be a stumbling block. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which he said, I hate. To, uh, um, to be sacrificed unto uh, eat sacrifice to idols or to accept things for false gods and to commit sexual immorality, to commit fornication. You allow this to come into the church. So when the king gives us a diagnosis of the problem, notice his method. The first thing he does is commend you for what you have done well. The first thing he, he, he did was to say to give you a compliment because you never denied me. The second thing you see is that he explained what he has against you. So you can know and understand where the problem lies. And number three, he tells you how to get back in a right relationship with him. And that's so important because sometimes we can know the problem, but don't know how to get back right. He tells us he compliment, explains to us what we've done wrong and tells us how to get back right with him. The believers held fast to the name of Jesus Christ. They never denied them, even when other Christians were being killed all around them. Now, here's a question we need to ask ourselves. And this is going on around the world right now. How many would stand firm for the name of for the faith of Jesus Christ? When all around us, people are being killed, would you still stand strong? And this is something well pleasing to the Lord. That's a question to think about. All around you, friends, family neighborhood, would you still stand strong and not deny his name? And this was going on. However, partial obedience is still disobedience. Say that because, one That's a good oh, say, say, say that, that one, one again. again. Let's say that one again. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Because they, they had a name, they never denied it, but they allowed and accepted false doctrines to come in. They committed fornication. They, they allowed doctrines of the Nicolaitans. They allowed all these things to cause them to be weak and to fall and to stumble. And Balaam is a shadow of Satan because it is he that causes you to stumble and to sin against God. All three of these are doctrines of devils. Mm. In, the, in the book of Numbers, chapter 31, verse 16, it says, Behold, or look, these, and when it says the word these, it's referring to these pagan women. These women who were ungodly women that was in, uh, with Balaam, they, they caused the children of Israel, the believers, through the counsel, the teaching of Balaam, to commit trespass or to sin against the Lord in the matter of Peor. These pagan women were used to convince the believers to sin against God. And there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, but these, like natural brute, brute beasts, are made to be caught and destroyed. Evil speak evil of the things they do not understand. They will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness. And those who counted pleasure to carouse in the daytime 
they are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deception while they feast with you, having their eyes full of adultery and cannot stop from sinning and enticing unstable souls. They cannot stop from sinning. They're full with adultery and they, they entice others where their souls are not grounded and rooted, who kind of wavering, kind of a weak, a weak Christian, a wavering Christian to do the same thing. They have a heart that is trained to be covenant practices and they are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages or the payment of unrighteousness, the rewards of unrighteousness. Now, let's take a look at what you just said. Now, we said earlier that Balaam was a shadow of Satan, but you see Satan all through this, even in Numbers 31, 16, the pagan women, the women who don't believe in God. Like we see that today, right? We see those that are liberal, atheists, those who don't believe are influencing those who say they believe. Mm -hmm. Don't we see that? That's right. That's right. We see that today. but But you also see that there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Those atheists and those pagans and those unbelievers caused when they call when that means when believers when we accept this you bring a plague upon the congregation. Mm-hmm. You, you right you you see what's That's happening right. and so it's you curse yourselves by listening to what the world says about creation and evolution and atheism and all of these isms that the world wants. You, That's right. a lot. Of, all these isms that the world wants you to accept, but they are against God. They are an abomination to God, and you bring a curse upon the congregation, upon yourselves, when you receive these things. And it's for the church and the Christians to stand and say no to them, and not to allow them to come into into church, and that's what we see now. We see it then and see it now. All of these isms, we allow the isms to come into the church, and and it's causing more and more Problems and division because of this, because we, we, we're not standing on God's word. And so you also see, but the enticer, we talked to, I talked about this before, the enticer, enticing unstable souls. Those people, those Christians who aren't grounded in their faith are mm-hmm. easy to be enticed. They're easy, easy to talking. accept the grace message, right? Mm-hmm. They're easy to accept, you know, to dismiss hell and uh, accept everybody in without talking about repentance and without talking about change and without talking about consequence. Mm-hmm. These are enticing doctrines and teachings that are heretical. They are false doctrines because they go against God. But you see that um, Balaam, they love the wages of unrighteousness. Their whole purpose is to do things that are against God, that are against the right standing that are laid out in God's word. And we see the hot topics, right? Abortion, homosexuality, transgender. These are hot topics that are, these are unrighteous, right? That, and they're trying to come into the church, come into the believers that have unstable souls who aren't right. grounded. Right. And mm. they're bringing in these mm. plagues into the body of Christ because That's of good. these things, because we are enticed by the devil, by Balaam, by all of these false doctrines, because we're not studying, we're not sober-minded, we're not paying attention, and we're being we're being seduced by these uh, by these pagans, and now we have these plagues that we can clearly see in the body of Christ. You know, when it says um, 
who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Yes. You know, the wages of unrighteousness, you they love the feeling. You know, you know when you do something, you shouldn't have done it, but it made you feel bad to get payback or something, right? The feeling, the return of, of feeling good. I do these things. And you ask most people why they, uh, why they get drunk or why they smoke or, or why they uh, commit fornication or adultery. It, and it comes down to they like the wage of it or they like the feeling of it. It the makes payment. me feel good at the payment, yeah, the wage of it. And so... When you ask why do people do the things that's unrighteous, you'll get the answers that because we love the wages or we love how it makes me feel. Or I love how I look in front of other people. I like for yeah. people to pat me on the back. That's the, that's the payment or that's the ways of being unrighteous because the, you have to crucify the flesh in order to follow Jesus and walk in the spirit. The exact opposite. So you don't receive these feelings until you're being converted, then righteousness feel good because now you know you're in right standing with God. That does feel good. But before then, you like the feeling. You like the thought of how people look at you and how they uh, lift you up and, and get, pat you on the back and smile on you and all these good things. This is called that you love the wages or the payment or the feeling of unrighteousness, how it make you feel. Now, well, that was that was a good point. Yes. That yes. was a really good one. Thanks for sharing that one. Absolutely. That's why we're here. <laughs> so if we look at, it also calls you to co- commit fornication. Mm-hmm. Now we see in Numbers chapter 25, verses 1 through 3. It says, now Israel remained in Achaia Grove, and the people began to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. Mm-hmm. So they were going outside. That you Sometimes we step out and marry somebody who's an unbeliever. Well, they say they believe or look like a believer, but we're enticed. Mm-hmm. Right. They invited the people to be sacrifices of other gods, other belief systems. We see that today. Today they want to say that, oh, all religions worship the same God and we should come into a church and all worship together. Uh Uh-uh. We see right here, God kindles his wrath when we want to bring other belief systems into his temple to worship. So we put a stop to that one too. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. That's mm. why the Lord says, don't bring yep. that filth into yep. my temple, because yep. you're going to be seduced, and you're going to bow down to a false god. That's exactly. Oh, so, that's so Israel true. was joined to Baal of Peor, and, and it says the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel, his people, his chosen people, the Christians. When we hook ourselves with other belief systems that outside the one and only true God, you are going to kindle his wrath against you. Mm. And we also see in first Corinthians chapter six, verse 13, it says, now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So that's not what the body was created for. But when you accept other belief systems, right? Other teachings, you get seduced or enticed to do these things to accept other teachings and, and fornicate in the body. You know, and we, also, go ahead. You know, we begin to say things like this, very simple. This is my body. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is my body. And the Bible says that the Lord for the body and what the body is, what is not for and what is for is for the Lord. Other belief systems say this is my body. But the Bible says your body is for the Lord. You know, that's a really good false <laughs> doctrine. Right yes, there, 
Mm-hmm. We definitely got to add that to the list of false yes, doctrines. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. And we also see in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, flee. It says, run. <laughs> run <laughs> from fornication. Every sin that a man does is without the body. But, but he that commits fornication sins against his own body. So it's showing you how bad it is when you sin against your own body. Now, here's one more doctrine. It's more common than what we think. It says, why does Jesus hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? When we think of Jesus, we never think about what he hates, right? We just say, Jesus, True. love, 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 right? Jesus doesn't hate anything. On the contrary, that's not entirely true. Now, in the book called Revelation, The Next Dimension by Greg Laurie, he gives a detailed description of this teaching that Jesus hates. So take note, guys. Here's something that Jesus hates. He says, Nicholas was a hearer of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who was possibly one of the first deacons in the church. So he heard the word. He, was, he established the first church. Now, it's fair to say that he was a false convert, that he did not totally surrender his life to Christ because he wanted to continue in his own way of life. And we see that today. So Nicholas soon fell away from the faith and became an apostate and led people astray. That's the danger of people when they come into the church and they, they have hard, they have hard believe they have except partial of it. Right. And they take the part that they like and the part that they don't like and create a whole new doctrine that lead people astray. Now, how much of that do we see today? All the time. <laughs> now, it is important to point out that a person does not one day fall away from the faith. The truth is they have been living a life of compromise for some time. They've been saying, oh, it's not that bad. I can drink a little bit. You know, it doesn't, it's okay that I sleep with my boyfriend or girlfriend without being married. It's okay for us to live together. It's okay for us to do these things. And we think that this is harmless. But what happens is it says that means they've been living this compromise. They compromise their faith. To such a point, they are no longer following Jesus. They're no longer even in the faith. They're doing their own thing. And they have embraced every lifestyle and way of thinking known to man. Now, we would call this liberalism. They accept everything, right? And they call themselves Christian liberals. Well, it's important to point out that this has been going on since Jesus returned to his throne in heaven. So this is not a new concept. This has been going on since the first century church was established. Now, it is said that Nicholas had been telling people it was acceptable to continue sacrificing to other gods. So he was telling people it was acceptable to worship other gods, whatever that God may be. It may be an ism. It may be yourself. It may be your job. It may be whatever it is. Right. And you can still be a Christian. So he said, you know what? You can keep on smoking and still be a Christian. You can keep on living that sinful lifestyle and still be a Christian. You don't have to give it up. You can do both. That's what he was saying. Now, Nicholas carried a lot of weight in the church and his school of thought caught on very quickly. And we see a lot of people, a lot of uh, people do this today. His followers became known as Nicolaitans. This philosophy plagues the church today. It is the idea that you can practice sin, live any way you want to and still be a Christian. We see this everywhere. Everything goes as long as I claim, profess the name of Jesus, right? Now, mm-hmm. I have heard so many people say, well, they're Christian alcoholics and they're Christian homosexuals and they're Christian smokers. After all, this philosophy says God will understand your sins are forgiven and your position in Christ is secure. We're giving people false hope. 
we're leading people astray like Nicholas did in the first century. And we can clearly see a whole lot of that right now. Is this true, though? Is this true? What does the Bible say about this? Let's go to Romans chapter six, verses one and two. What shall we say then? Question. Shall we continue in sin that grace may grow? Question. Answer. God forbid. (laughs) How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Mm. Answer. There's the answer to that Nicolaitan doctrine. God forbid. That's Romans chapter six, verses one and two. That's Romans chapter six. Verses 1 and 2. You would definitely want to make note of that one. And we also see in the book of of Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh. The things that entice the flesh. The things that please you. Look at it like that. It says are clear. They are adultery. If you notice, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery. Now sorcery is any illicit drug use and selling it. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. You see heresies, false doctrines and teachings are added to this list. Envy and murder, that means to hate someone, drunkenness and wild parties. Wild parties are also included because this is a work of the flesh. Notice, Mm. this is a work of the flesh and like of which I tell you beforehand. Just as I told you in the past. So that means Paul said this already. So he's telling you again. You know why? People still doing it. Mm -hmm. If Paul repeated himself, that means the people are still doing it. And he says, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hear me, guys. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. It sounds like if Paul has to repeat himself. Because people continue to do it. That means that we have to repeat ourselves. <laughs> yes, we do. I mean, over and over. So people can constantly hear and be convicted that the Holy Spirit can show you and convict you of your sin. Is that it is unrighteousness. And, you, and, and, and here's the kicker. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, then Jesus, here's here's the good news. Jesus gives you a solution. He gives you a remedy to the diagnosis to the problem. He already told you what you did well. Then he told you what you didn't do so well. And then he tells you the solution. In in, uh, 16, it says, repent. Or else I come to you quickly and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. And we said the sword was his justice. He says, repent or I come quickly. Or I'm going to fight against them with the sword of my mouth. That's what he's saying to us. And for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, and the joints and the marrow. And is it is, I'm sorry, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. That's in Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12, he that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says into the churches. To him that overcome, I will give him to eat of the hidden manna, 
and I will give him a white stone. And in the in a in a white stone I give to him a name, a new name will be written, which no man knows except he that receives it. Wow. And so in order to overcome, we must be willing to let the spirit of God work in us and through us. Walking in holiness is a lifelong journey and does not end the moment you ask Jesus into your heart. Receiving Christ is just the beginning. You must be willing to take off the old man, take off the old way of thinking, talking, dressing, and living. Your soul, which is your mind, your emotions, your conscience, and your ambitions, must undergo a supernatural washing by the word of God and guided by the Holy Spirit. The question is, how much do you really love Jesus Christ? Do you just love the idea of Christ because he can rescue you from the consequences of hell? Do you just like Jesus when you need to get out of trouble or need a temporary relief? Take some time to evaluate your relationship with him. This is not something to take lightly. He has given you the remedy, repentance. Humble yourself today. Confess your sins by name to God. Turn away and call upon the name of Jesus to help you look less like yourself and more like Christ. Isn't he worth it? Isn't Christ worth the sacrifice to spend eternity in his glorious holy and perfect presence think about what nikki described that's what's waiting for you beyond this life thank you for listening to the bread of life show this is where we give the word talk about the word eat the word bread of life have a great evening bye-bye thank you for listening to the bread of life show with Kana and justin they hope this has been a blessing to you for prayers, requests, comments, or questions, please follow them on Twitter at Bread of Life Show, on Facebook at Bread of Life Show. You can email them at www.breadoflifeshow at writeme.com. That's Bread of Life Show at writeme.com. Tune in next time for the Bread of Life Show, where they give the word, talk about the word, eat the word, bread of life. <laughs>